0: hello welcome to the arseholics podcast it's what day it's thursday um and we've just come off the back of a really really fun game against wimbledon um so before i get into that guys how you guys doing we've got aaron and back no, actually you were I didn't, you were there. <laughs> you were It's was who wasn't here last time. Yeah, right?
1: You said that so convincing yeah, that I, know, I, yeah. convinced I I had been away. Well you've you yes, well, yes, well, you physically been was, away, right? You were you were in yeah, yeah I went away to I went to Amsterdam for work, which was fun. Um <laughs> why I couldn't make the game what yesterday. kind of fun. <laughs> Lots of work fun. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, So, which is why I couldn't make the game yesterday. So um but yeah, you guys were very much part of an exclusive club yesterday right part of an exclusive club we also just got really wasted oh, so we we
0: did not plan for this to happen so uh, like we so we got we got to the game pretty pretty early actually we went and got some vietnamese food which miles was like i'm not hungry and then <laughs> proceeded to eat a massive, <laughs> Couldn't massive
1: even finish it plate yeah, yeah, yeah
0: exactly um we went to the victoria afterwards um and had a, had a couple of beers there in fact i think yeah had a couple of beers that that was fine um actually we we're on the spirits weren't we so it was, spirits, it was, yeah. yeah we did we did some spirits there went to the went to the game after the game we ended up in the high uh the gunner's pub and um and that was really fun i mean it wasn't it wasn't that busy because of the time of you know it was after the game it was pretty late um but it was really good and we just we knocked them back whilst watching the draw hmm. and seeing that we had drawn leads and um yeah, and then we ended up, before you knew it, it was basically 1am. Half one, a.m. Oh, that's,
2: oh, by the time we finished, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then we were getting Something cabs like home. How are you feeling, Myers? Are you a bit ropey? No, no, I was fine. I was fine. I was up early, um,
2: so I haven't... I've had about four or five hours sleep, so I was tired, but yeah, I was fine. I can handle it, man. I don't know about you, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> big talk, big talk. But... um, Let's talk a little bit about the game because we, yeah, like you said, exclusive club. It's really weird. It was one of the first games in ages that it hasn't been live broadcast, apparently, anywhere. Mm. So there were cameras there taking, you know, highlights. I think Sky Sports News did live goals, I want to say, but the game wasn't live broadcast. So it really felt like a bit of a throwback to an era where, you know, the people who were at the game were one of the only people who actually knew or had a clue about, mm. you know, what went on at all. Um, So, you know, do feel sorry, obviously, for a lot of our fans around the world who didn't get to watch the game. Um, I guess Arsenal versus AFC Wimbledon in the League Cup isn't necessarily the top of everyone's wish list. So, you know, probably people aren't losing sleep over that. Although, I mean, Mize, did you find it surprising about how good the atmosphere was, um, you know, getting to the game inside the stadium? Yeah.
2: I mean, when we were walking in or walking up to the stadium, I was saying to you, um, you know, I didn't think it was going to be particularly loud. I thought it was going to be a game I, I I thought it'd be a game where a lot of um people going for going to their first game considering you know availability of tickets and the prices um people might bring their kids even though it's a school night um and that was the case, but I was wrong I was completely wrong in terms of the atmosphere it was it was surprisingly good um and yeah like the crowd really got behind the team um and yeah like. <laughs> It, it wasn't it wasn't the most you know it wasn't one of these games where um arsenal kind of put in a 10 out of 10 performance and they were rampaging forward especially in the first half you know um and i think a lot of people turned up expecting to see more goals and a more convincing performance but despite that um yeah in general it was good and it was really nice uh, i think i tweeted this and we were talking about it it was nice to see so many new faces like we got to our seats and i i sort of tapped on the shoulder and i said have a look around do you recognize anyone around us and I I mean pretty much couldn't you know, in in a in a area of the stadium where most people are season ticket holders, you know, North Bank lower, couldn't really recognise anyone. So all of the the usual faces um were replaced by
0: by new ones and it was nice. It was nice. It was even just in sheer sight, I think we had fifty thousand people. And it really felt like it wasn't like a fake number, you know, sometimes you're like, that definitely wasn't 50,000 people, Mm -hmm. but it was a packed stadium. And, you know, one of of our friends, Kish, he came to the game with us. He's a Crystal Palace fan. He just could not believe it. Like when we were walking up the stadium, he was just speechless. He was like, how have you got 50,000 people to turn up to a League Cup game on a Wednesday night against AFC Wimbledon?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's where the club do really well when it comes to the pricing of the tickets because it was 10 quid or whatever, you know, 11 quid uh, once you add on on fees and stuff, I think, for our seats. Um, And they've always done that, or not always, but in recent memory, um, they've always lowered the price for these early rounds of the League Cup. But normally, kind of in the Wenger era, era, um, they've lowered the price on the basis that it's going to be the youth team playing, and that wasn't the case. You know, it was the second string, but it was still a pretty well experienced team, um, and some big names out there as well. So, yeah, kind of value for money um, from from that kind of perspective as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean Let's talk about actually the, the the game itself. We've got the North London derby to preview. I think we want to spend the most amount of time talking about that, but it's worth reflecting on some stuff about the game, right? And so, if we talk about the selection that you touched on, Mize, um, it's interesting because to me, when I when I looked at the team that came out, it feels like there's a very obvious second string <laughs> that's established. There's an obvious backup left back, backup centre backs. So you know, there's, there's a, the, that kind of happen. And and but it was interesting seeing Thomas Partey um, start the game. I mean, what did you think about the lineup overall? And were a, any surprises,
1: guys? Well, yeah,
0: I was going to say why do not you? Yeah,
1: I think I was surprised when you're like, well, what is like one of our best players doing in the lineup right before a North London derby? But it kind of makes sense because he hasn't really played that much. And yeah, there is a risk of an injury, but ultimately you want your players fit and, you know, in the rhythm of, you know, making 90 minutes because i don't think Partey's completed 90 minutes although i don't think he did yesterday either right but it you know i think after, after the game arteta explained it that he wants players in the rhythm playing finding form and based on what i saw it looked like he had a pretty good game yeah i, I mean for, you know personally i thought in the
0: first half he was um you know the best player on the pitch. I think by a country mile. I mean, let, let's summarize the first half a little bit. I mean, there was it was one 0 The Alex Lacazette penalty. Mm. Overall, how did you feel that we performed?
2: Um, considering the opposition, I wasn't all that impressed. Um, it it was a. Okay, I think I've said this term or use this term or word to describe our performances a lot in the last or well, since we started this podcast, but it's a, it's a fairly flat performance. I think I, I watched back some of the highlights and maybe that's a bit harsh because I think there were a few openings um, that maybe we didn't see proper, properly because of well, we're obviously down the other end um, during the first half. We're at the end where... Wimbledon were attacking, um, but yeah, I, don't, I I didn't think it was a fantastic performance or a fantastic first half. The, the move to to win the penalty was really really good, um, and Ketia playing as a, as a number ten um, and putting a really lovely through ball. Um, so, so that was nice to see. I'm trying to think of how many other chances that, or many other chances. I think there was one where there was like a scramble in the box with Cedric had a shot. So, but you know, I guess in a game like that um, with lower league opposition, you kind of you expect us to exert domin- our dominance and um uh, and really show what we're about. Um because like I said, you know, it was a second string, but it was still there was still a number of really good players. Um and the other thing that we were talking about, Raj, is a lot of these players are all of these players, probably apart from Thomas Party, are on the fringe of the first team and their kind of mindset should be, you know, let let me I'm gonna put in a really good performance i'm going to go and impress the manager and give him something something to think about maybe not for spurs but you know for future premier league games and um i'm just trying to think i can't really think of anyone really doing that in the first half um and and the other thing i would say is the marcinelli down the right didn't really work for me and again i'm probably contradicting myself a bit because he won the penalty um and it was it was a good run through um uh, uh, it was a good run uh, for, for the penalty but um he didn't really seem I don't know what's happened with Martinelli. I don't know if it's I don't know if anything has happened, but it seems like when he has played or has had minutes, he that kind of explosiveness that he we saw when he first joined. Haven't really seen it as much recently. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't know if playing on the right really, really helped with that. But yeah, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh.
0: I don't think you are being harsh because uh, that was definitely a takeaway of mine I I I certainly didn't think him on the right was um that I don't, I don't think it worked. I got a little bit of feeling that is he is he being overcoached a little bit because that rawness that we, we you know you spoke about the kind of impact that he made early doors we think back to some of those games Liverpool away like all that kind of stuff when Klopp turned around and said he's the talent of the century um you know, he, he just he just looks so raw, very Alexis, Alexis Sanchez esque. In you know, in many ways, I was. Just, and now, when he plays, it, it looks a little bit more, a little bit more rigid, um, a little less improvisation going around. Do you think that's down to Arteta, or do you think that is recovering from that big injury still?
2: Uh, I was going to say the latter. I think it's. I don't know if it's recovering. <clears throat> I I hope it's not a long term um uh you know it's like a long term effect from that injury and he it wasn't just that injury right he had a couple of other setbacks post the big injury um i don't, I don't know if he's being overcoached i'd like i i think it's it's hard when you're at, at the game to assess a single player because you don't obviously where we sit you don't get that bird's eye view um so i'm I'm not sure that's necessarily the case but i if we were watching the game on TV and I was able to watch him properly, then maybe be able to kind of answer that question. Um, I'm not really sure what it is, mate. I'm not. I don't know. I'm really, I'm really not sure. It might just be a the a case a, a case of he's not in the team regularly, and you could argue that it's quite hard for some of these players to kind of come straight in, and you know, again, put in a really, really good performance. Um, and, and we're kind of still at the start of the season, where some of these players are probably not quite at full fitness um, yeah. and match fitness, you know. So I don't I don't really know. I'm not really sure what the reason is.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably that that one. He has not really – he came back late from playing at the Olympics and didn't really – and it's a shame because I think this – if he'd had a pre-season, I think he would have really benefited because I think he'd just come back from the injury last season – I think having a proper preseason where he could play 90 minutes would have been really beneficial, but instead he went off to play with Brazil. Yeah, he would have, you know, been training well, but he obviously wasn't playing 90 minutes with the Olympic squad. And now he's come back and dealt with it in a way that he's had to come in and out of the pitch again.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. If we go on to the second half and – it's a very different second half, it felt. And that rawness that we've t- talked about from Martinelli, that kind of, that energy, it really felt like Nuno Tavares had some of that. It felt like he had taken a couple of lines at half-time, I don't know, some ecstasy something. I don't know what. <laughs> but he was a man possessed in that second half. Yeah. What did you think about his performance, Mice? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think uh, he's impressed me every time I've seen him play. Um, and he's obviously, he's a, he's a very exciting Left back um, hasn't really been hard to assess him defensively, but definitely going forward, um, he's clearly got, you know, step overs and tricks in, in his locker. Um, I'm pretty sure in pre season, he, he, he scored in pre season, didn't he? Um, with his left, yes, he did. He's like you know, he, he, he's more than he's very comfortable getting forward, getting into the final third, putting in crosses, um, and yeah, we saw a couple of tricks and, and that and that pleased the crowd yesterday. So that was nice to see as well. So yeah, again, he's he's a really really exciting player. I'm keen to see more of him um, as the season progresses. Obviously, I'm not you know unless there's an injury to see any, we're not going to see him in the league. So you know, games like yesterday and the the, the, the both the cups are going to be kind of big big for him. But yeah, really exciting player. Looks like another astute purchase you know
1: yeah I think we do have to actually applaud the club in getting that one done because it's really hard to find a backup player like to sign a backup because you can't really guarantee them games and with left back assuming all goes well with Tierney you know that he's going to be the number one left back for the next three four five eight yeah potentially seven eight years right so how do you then convince the young players to say, come in, we don't think you're going to play every week, but we still think you can realise potential at Arsenal. And we got that deal done for Tavares. And yeah, it's um, it should be commended. Like we should commend the club on that one because he can play these games and our left back can get a rest.
0: Aaron do you think he also gives us an option if we do play three at the back with wing backs and how we sometimes play Tierney in the left center back position in that three does he give us a really good option on that left wing back side
1: yeah because he used to play wing back for Benfica at times didn't he Mm, I don't know I can't remember I think he has played I think he has played left wing back there so um yeah it's, it's an option I mean playing wing back and playing left back are two very different positions at times. I mean, it, it depends on the system and the kind of intricacies of it, but they can be very different roles. Hmm. And I haven't really seen enough of him. He just, he reminds me a bit of like, you know, that he, I guess how we described Martinelli earlier, he's, he's very raw. And, um, you know, there was that moment against Burnley where I think he ran up the pitch and then decided to have a shot. Um, in the like 90th minute. So yeah, I, I really like him. I hope we can see him progress and I hope we get enough cup games this season to give him a run because he certainly looks like he could have a lot of potential. Agree. Agree. The other interesting thing in the second half, I think
0: with the subs Smith Rowe comes on to an immense ovation. I think some of that was also to do with the demographics of the crowd. There are a lot of kids there, you know, as well. And you've got Smith Rowe coming on, um, clearly a fan favorite clearly someone that kids really kind of connect with as well huge ovation saka comes on even bigger ovation you know amazing receptions those guys got um and they really changed the game i felt mize
2: mm.
0: yeah and i don't think it's been the first time
2: um you know it, it, the energy that these guys bring um and and maybe even more so than that it's it's um you clearly saw the the level of the game, if that's the right term to use, increase when they came on. Um, I guess I mean the standard. The standard um, just went up a notch, um, and yeah, like the kinds of players that they are. Right, you know, they want the ball, um, they want to take people on, they want to make things happen. They're not looking backwards; they're looking forward. So yeah, it just it just like I said, took the game up a notch, um, gave us a little bit more or a lot more in the attacking attacking third for sure, um, and that obviously showed with the the goals that we scored. Uh, you know, after they came on
0: and to be honest i don't think there's too much more to be said about the game i completely agree with what all your points about those two players my um do we have to mention eddie Naketch's wonder goal to some degree right it was uh an amazing finish from someone who was pretty quiet during the game
2: yeah yeah um like yeah i mean obviously got the uh, well not the assist but he put the pass through for martelli um for the penalty but yeah he had a pretty quiet game and i mean this is the thing with enckatia right we we've said it before he's clearly a player that has goals in him i know that's an obvious thing to say but um he just has that kind of instinct in front of goal and you know he did get a few chances um in terms of playing time last season um but we were we he was playing in a team that wasn't really creating very much um and, you know, this is going to be the interesting thing. And we were talking about it, Raj, afterwards, weren't we? Um, you know, what happens with Enketia? Because I didn't realise that he hadn't signed a new contract. I just thought he he had and we were protecting his value or we'd managed to do that. So, obviously, with him being out of contract at the end of the year, you know, there's going to be... There surely surely's going to be clubs going in for him if they know they can get him in a free or a cut price uh, fee in January. Um, and, and Kish was saying you wouldn't be surprised if Palace came in and put, what was it, 10, £5 million on the table in January, something like that. Um so like it's it's an it's an interesting one to see what happens with him. But yeah, like it was a it was a really, really good finish. Um I think I had to watch the replay to see it to see it because I didn't realise, I mean it was down our end of the of the ground, but I didn't realise he'd he had scored that way. And um yeah, I mean, look, if if uh, I don't know, if um I'm trying to think of a player like if a, a, a Bamiyang does that or a Saka does that, you'll you'll probably, you know, you go absolutely wild. So um yeah, no, fair play to him. It was a really good, really good finish.
0: Aaron, and do you think that, given that contract situation, given the fact that it seems like he's not going to sign a new contract, he's clearly not really that much in favour? Were you surprised that Balogun didn't start instead of Nkecha?
1: Yeah, yes and no. I think, I think Arteta really likes Eddie, is which is why I think he's start starting. I think. Ultimately, yeah, if you're looking in terms of the best long-term interests of the club, it makes far more sense to give minutes to a player we know is going to be there beyond the end of this season. Mm. But I think Arteta is a guy who seems to reward hard work and work ethic and things like that. And, you know, especially when, you know, you remember when Eddie came back from loan at Leeds and we were going to, I think, loan him out again or try and sell him, but he really impressed I think it was Arteta was around then. Yeah, Arteta was around then. And he said, um, look, I was going to loan him, but he really impressed, impressed him. And actually, like when he came back, he wasn't actually that good. and He didn't really do much. Um, so with hindsight, we probably should have sent him on loan. But Arteta does seem like the type of guy who really rates him and rates his work ethic and is rewarding him for that with minutes. And ultimately, if we if there is a situation where we need a third striker... Because something happens to our first two, or we need to bring someone off the bench. Eddie is the third choice striker at the club. He is the one who's more likely to go and, you know, come up with a goal in the last few minutes to save a save a result or get us a win. Because Balogun, as much potential as he has, doesn't really have the experience yet. So it's important to have him fresh. It's important to have him like sharp and finishing well. And this is really encouraging. I don't think the club are thinking too much about the value. I read somewhere that if he does go for free in the summer, would be entitled to a like oh, a youth payment for so the training. Yeah, yeah. okay, for the training, and apparently that could be as high as something like ten million. Okay, um, so it would surprise me given that he only joined us when he was 15, 16. Yeah, I'm not sure how the how the um, the maths work, but I think someone was saying that when Danny Ings left, mm. um, he got ten million, and Eddie is like England's youth the highest academy Mm. scorer therefore you would expect similar levels there um again take that with a pinch of salt because i don't know how true that is but i think that's probably why the club aren't too worried about that i think if look if in january a decent bid comes in we should absolutely cash in but maybe there's something there that probably explains why we aren't too worried about that
0: yeah, and I think that we need to devote a lot of time to discussing the striker situation at some point because you know, his his contract is coming to the end. Lacazette's contract is coming to the end. You know, Aubameyang is not getting younger. That's a, that's a huge topic for us to talk about. But right now, let's switch focus to the North London derby, lads. I mean... Yes. I think I speak for us all when I say, like, this is the one we look forward to the most as fans. Like, it's just an incredible, like, day. Um
1: are you guys looking forward to it? Tell me, how do you feel? Yeah, yeah, can't wait. Like you said, this is the one. This is why we have our season tickets is to get access to this game, pretty much. And um, it's it's going to be good. The narrative and the you know the narrative of this game is quite interesting, given both clubs' you know first four or five games. Um, it's because obviously we came into this on the back of the three defeats and we've sort of at least turned it round by winning our last two, whereas Spurs started off well, but seemed to have dropped. And, but even though they weren't really playing that well all season. So, you know, if we do beat them, and I think we will, then, you know, that almost completes the turnaround somewhat and is actually... When you look at where we will be in the table, I don't know where we'll end up. We might even sneak, you know, eleventh or tenth or something like that if results go away. That does show at least that we're we're starting to progress from the disastrous start that we made. There's there's
0: talks, well, talks. Let's say there are some Spurs fans who feel that given the trajectory over the last few games, given how games have actually gone when you break them down they feel that that sunday is a huge game for um as in if he loses he's under pressure what do you guys think about that well see you know what it sounds like we're talking to a lot of spurs fans who are actually like watching their games is you know even when they were winning one nils you know and, and accumulating points as much as it was good getting those results i think they all felt that there was some It was almost like a disaster waiting to happen. It was Mourinho 3.0 type football and a manager who, you know, was almost content on being very, very conservative. And ultimately teams would exploit that at at some, like Crystal Palace ended up doing. Um, There's obviously also a case since then, if you look at their team, if you look at the lineup pretty much since the Palace game, uh, I'm not sure Nuno knows what his best team is. I don't know if he knows what his best combinations are. There's obviously been, you know, various issues that they've had with um, quarantine problems when you know they had a number of players who who went to South America. Um, Harry Kane is having a very very weird situation, um, and I think people are looking to Nuno to sort of say, or uh, hang on a minute, like, do you need to stop the rot? do you need to nip this in the bud? Because you know, aside from those you know the, those results, which I think are important at the beginning of the season, it feels like Spurs fans have just felt that there's not that much to go on.
2: I mean, I, I'd be very, very surprised even if we, say, win 3-0 on Saturday, um, if if Levy or the Spurs hierarchy um, decide to, to sack him after what? Five, how many league, five, six league games, whatever it is. Like, if you think about the 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 process that they went through when trying to get a manager um, in the summer and the number of um, candidates they went to um, and who ended up turning them down I'd be very very surprised if they would want to go through go through that again mid season yeah and it's still early it's still really early days right like even if they lose to us um, at the weekend you know they still they've not had a <laughs> they've had an all right start to the season but you know beating City um, and then winning another couple of games after that, albeit I think they won both of them one nil after that as well. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's. I, I just I can't I can't see I can't see um, them them um, sacking. And maybe that's just the Spurs fans' frustrations coming through. I don't know what what they're expecting because I don't know why their expectations are so high. Basically, it seems like they're you know still thinking that it's like us when we still have that expectation that, well, we should just be a top four team or we should just be challenged for the league, but not really, you're not, not anymore. Like we, we have dropped um, considerably and maybe they have as well. Maybe they have as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, Aaron, and just to follow up on what you were saying as well about the game itself and kind of how both teams come into this. Like it's, it's really interesting because it feels like it's like a, it's it's a game that it's like could be a pivotal game for both clubs in their seasons. Like for us for obvious reasons. If we do go and win, it's like, okay, we 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 didn't just beat Norwich and Burnley 1-0 with pretty average performances, but now we've gone and beat a decent Spurs team um in a in a in a game in a in a derby that you could never really predict. And you know, that gets the fans back on on side, it probably You know, takes the pressure off Arteta completely. I think, but for the next few months, Um, and it's almost like, yeah, you could easily see form um, and a run being put together, and form kind of uh, really, really improving from that point. So, and equally for Spurs as well. You know, it's kind of like what you're saying about Nuno. It's almost like if he goes and wins at the Emirates again all the fans are back on side for him and, you know, he's going to give them a boost and, and all of that. So it feels like it's one of those games where there's a lot riding on it, even though it's so early in the season and that just adds to, like,
1: the, the yeah. Asian really, doesn't it? No, I think you're, you're spot on. You know, ultimately, football nowadays is all about the narratives. And if Arteta... And I said this a while ago when we looked at this these three games after those first couple of three defeats, it, it was pretty much doubt. This is like a cup final for Arteta. If he wins this, he... He almost certainly isn't going to get sacked before Christmas. I don't think. Um, but if he loses this, the narrative then becomes four defeats in six games, mm. um, and then he's 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 under pressure again, big time. Well, given these um, given these
0: narratives, given this pressure, yeah, is this a game where both managers would rather just not lose? I, th- I think as us, as the home
2: team, you know, like the fans are back for the first time at a North London Derby in a couple of years or whatever. Um, I just, I, I can't, no, I can't see like, we've got a fully fit squad pretty much, you know? Um, I just don't, there's no excuses. There's no excuses to not go out and win the game. Like, um, like I said, you know, we, we, we won the last two games that we won in the league with, with not great performances. I, before those two games, I said, look, I'm happy to just get the results and kind of build from there. Um, but I want to, I want to see some of the bigger guys, the bigger players, the more senior players, the Bamyangs, the parties, kind of step up on on Sunday and you know take the game by the scruff of the neck, as it were, and 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 try try it to dominate. And I just, I don't know, I, I, you can never, you could never go into a game like it's a age-old saying, right? You can never go into a game trying to get a draw. Like it just doesn't doesn't mm. work. It's just not a good tactic. Just going to go horribly wrong.
1: Also, we don't we don't really set up that way, you know. You can't really say in the last four or five games that we've set up for a draw or set up for a win. Like I maybe against the last game when we, we played that four three three with um you know Smithrow and Odegaard in front of Partey that was a bit more of an aggressive lineup. But I can see us playing a very similar team on Sunday. And even then I don't think that's setting us up for the win. It's about, you know, us playing our football. And hoping we can break down the opposition, which is usually the type of football we always play.
0: So, you you guys see us sticking with the four three three and the and the same names? Do you
2: no? Do you, no? I think I think you'll go. I think you'll bring Xhaka back. Jakka parte Ah, oh, forgot he's back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. no, I, and I really do want to talk about that. Like, that's an important. So what? <laughs> xhaka has been out suspended. Um, We've won a bunch of games. I'm not saying that that's just because he's suspended, but we have been winning games. <laughs> and yeah. does Arteta face a massive, a massive risk in terms of starting him? Because it feels like it's a, it feels like if he starts him and if it doesn't go well, the focus is going to be again partly on that decision, on on Jacker playing mm-hmm. and why did the manager do it. So do you think that, you know, that you might think, prevent what do you think, mate? I, I don't think you'll start him. No. I don't think he'll start him. Um I think that I think that he does he clearly likes this 4-3-3. Um he experimented with it in the second half, brought it in the second half of Norwich, played it against Burnley away. I think that he wants that to be like our modus operandi, and given everyone's fit because here's the issue I think that we can't play that 4-3-3 unless we have all of those players particularly in that top top six positions unless they're all fit I think it becomes hard um, and, and because they are fit I feel that he'll do it because I think if you put Xhaka in there you can't play that formation no no yeah you can't
1: yeah I don't know I think it's going to be a big call either way I hope he doesn't, because I really do think it's time just to move on past Xhaka now. Um, and let's use him, let's you know, phase him out of the first 11 and turn him into a squad player that comes in when needed. Um, now, you can argue about, should we have given a new contract to someone like that? And that's a different question. But if Arteta hasn't learned his lessons from trusting Granit Xhaka then, and he plays him, then, you know, you can't blame fans for turning on him if we then lose because it's uh, a, imagine if he does do something wrong on Sunday and he costs us, you know, he gets sent off again. That'd be crazy if he gets sent (laughs) off again, but, um, or he just gives the ball away or gets, you know, gets, um, gets tackled and loses the ball in a good area. Um, The pressure will be right on Arteta. Whereas if, you know, let's say Smith Rowe loses the ball, um, and Spurs score the pressure. It doesn't really affect Arteta that much. Um, so sometimes I think you need to play the psychology and the the narrative as what as well as the kind of the the game and the best team tactically. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the teams come out an hour before kickoff
2: and if we, if, you know, when we're together in the pub or whatever, uh, you know, in the ground and we see he's playing just party in the middle and you know, yeah, the four through three, basically I'll be buzzing. I'll be so happy because it will probably, it'll probably, he'll, he'll be demonstrating something that we haven't really seen from him. Marteta that is in terms of his, he's, he's being a little bit daring, taking a little bit of a chance in a, in a huge game. And he's kind of like, it's, it's an, it's a, uh a sign of intention you know that he's gonna gonna go for it um but i think and i th- i think we talked about this a couple of episodes ago like it's just gonna be so tempting for him to just go back yeah. to like mm. what he knows or what he trusts whether he should trust it or not is is questionable but um i think it'll be very, i think i think it's i don't know i could see it being a really difficult decision for him but it's gonna be it's got to be so tempting it's got to be so tempting to just go look let's just keep it you know jacker Put Jaka back in, and you know we know what he does when he covers Tierney on the left. We know Tierney's going to be bombing forward, so it gives me that kind of protection, um, and and a kind of what el- what everything else that he brings. You know, he's a safe player ninety percent of the time, basically in terms of his passing. Well, that's the problem, though, isn't it? Is is that ten percent? Yeah, no, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. We've got we've talked about it so many times, right? We we're, we're all in agreement that it's the ten yeah. percent. That's the that's the that's the reason to move on from him, like you said, Aaron. But. I guess as a manager, um if you've got someone like that in your squad and probably and you know he's a good trainer and he's good in the dressing room all the rest of it then yeah maybe
1: yeah I think now you put it that way I actually think he's probably going to start.
2: I mean what I would like to see if he doesn't go for the 4-3-3 is then just play party Lakonga and give Lakonga the reward for how good he's been so far this season mm. like that's what he should do in my eyes if he's not comfortable going 4-3-3 you know Spurs have still got really dangerous players you might want to have that extra central midfielder you know, kind of sitting. Um, and that would be understandable, but then I'd rather that was Lukonga. And we can really see what he's about. You You could really see like, and again, like you said, fans won't get on his back if he does that. And we lose, I mean, fans are always going to get on your back if you lose a North London derby,
0: but do you know what I mean? Like
2: he's tried something different at least.
0: So It'll be interesting. And I guess a part of it could be about how Arteta thinks Tottenham are gonna to line up. Um a, a lot of Tottenham fans I'd spoken to recently kind of have been talking about injuries and suspensions and that being an issue. I looked it up actually of what it looks like for the North London derby. They don't have many players out actually. Bergwijn looks like he's out. Um but he I think he may still make it. Uh Mora is out, and Cessignon is out, and Cessignon doesn't start from them anyway. Um so it would seem You're like Cessignon. Uh no, he was in the the left back that the sound from Fulham. Steven Sassignon. Ryan Sessignon. Ryan Sessignon is the older brother, right? Oh, they signed. No way. No, didn't even no hang on, hang on, hang yeah. on. It's from Fulham, we're... yeah. It's yeah. Ryan, isn't it?
2: They yeah. signed, they signed someone right. from Fulham like a couple I'm getting, of days ago. He's like, really at good the at the championship. Yes, it is. I, 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 Ryan. It is I, I, Ryan. Oh, it Ryan. It, it is I Ryan. Thought, I thought he'd left Spurs ages ago. I didn't realise. Okay. Well, it's not there. Yeah, not a big deal.
0: <laughs> no, Stephen, who is. Stephen Sessignon. Is he still. I think Stephen is. Because his, young, is yeah, his yeah. younger brother is probably still at Fulham then.
1: Interesting. Well, it's not yeah. really interesting, but yeah. Okay. But so the the, the, the Fulham holics are laughing at us right
0: now. <laughs> there you go. I feel really bad. Yeah. Um, but those three are the only ones, it would seem like. Um, but I think still there's this issue about um, him not knowing what his best side is. Do you? How much do you think Arteta will just smell blood here, right? Because they've got... If you look at their recent results, they've had P- Palace where they got battered 3-0. They went to Wren and drew 2 2. They got battered by Chelsea 3-0. They've just had Wolves in the League Cup, which ended up going to penalties. Like, it's really tough four games, right? It's not you can imagine Spirits if they had lost if they had lost on penalties yesterday, you would imagine the spirits would have been even, you know, more, more. I wonder if winning on penalties has, you know, helped spirits a bit, but still look at those four, those aren't four great, you know, results over the 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think therefore Arteta will
1: look at it and go, right, I've got to do it. It's there for the taking. We can- I hope he does. Yeah. Because ultimately we started this season with ambitions of pushing for top four. Now, whether we'll get it or not is a, a different question, but if you want to push for the top half of the table, top five, top six, whatever it is, um, you need to go out and win your games against big clubs at home. And Spurs are definitely going to be right around us in terms of league position finishes finishing. So, um, yeah, be ambitious. If you, you know, if you can't go for it at home, when, when can you, there's no point in playing for a draw. What playing for a draw on Sunday? Yeah, no, I agree.
0: Let's talk about one man who is a constant thorn in, okay, most people's sides, but particularly our side. I think he scored 11 goals in 14 North London Derby appearances, Harry Kane. um, He always seems to play a blinder against us. He always seems well up for it. Um, And, you know, I guess that's probably why Spurs fans love him in these games. Um, And he's a guy, though, who at the moment is not going through the best of times, right? We saw against Chelsea. Uh, pundits really hauled him over the coals. You know, they really, really, really were scathing about his performance against Chelsea. Looked allegedly looked disinterested, not really making an effort, you know, should have been hauled off the pitch, blah, blah, blah. What do you think, guys? Do you think that it's a North London derby, he'll raise it, or do you think that this is a problem that Tottenham have with Harry Kane at the moment?
1: So I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I thought Sky were actually quite harsh on spares against Chelsea, um, mainly because, you know, we saw it, Chelsea are like considerably better than Spurs. They've spent considerably more. Like, Chelsea winning was the, the the most likely result. And I know, like, and it's very hard to look good against that Chelsea defense and that Chelsea team. Like, we saw it, we look rubbish. It doesn't mean all of our players are rubbish. Um, so, I think to draw on that was a bit extreme and a bit harsh from Sky. Um, that said, he, he didn't look good in that game. Um, and he's looked okay, but he, you know, Kane always starts season slowly. Um, yeah, there was that thing where he, for a while, never scored in August, right? Yeah. Um, and I think maybe one or two seasons ago, he finally broke that curse. But you know, the only thing I was thinking was like, stop this, because don't... Don't motivate him more <laughs> for Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I yeah, I, I
2: think, it, it, as the saying goes, right, form goes out the window in a North London derby, and I think that's going to be the case with with Kane. Um, I mean, like, Raj, was, was your question, like, alluding to, has he stopped playing for the club kind of thing, in the sense of he obviously wanted the move and it didn't happen or they didn't let him go, and therefore he's kind of... Throwing a bit of a strop on the pitch. Because I, I didn't see the Chelsea game, so I I, I didn't see any of, you know, I haven't seen any of the
0: post-match stuff about it. So I yeah, I can't comment on it. But is that is that kind of like what you're yeah. saying? Uh, yeah, I mean essentially, like I don't think he's been very good this season. Yeah. I mean, yes, as and, and Aaron, you make a very good point. Like sometimes he's a slow starter, but he has got that whole narrative hanging over his head, right? About quite clearly wanting to leave. He clearly he wanted to leave. <laughs> he yeah, wanted to leave, yeah. he wanted to leave the club. Fans know it, his teammates know it um his manager knows it and he's now putting on a bit of a brave face i'm professional i'm this that and the other but whatever but it probably is a little bit annoying and um and and he's just a human being and you know as much as these guys are professionals i imagine it's still affecting his, his motivation somewhat for me it feels like if harry kane's on the pitch and harry kane isn't playing well that really affects tottenham yeah
2: yeah Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that, but I can't see him... Like, the guy loves scoring against us. He doesn't like Arsenal, Well, for whatever pictures you see of him as a kid um, celebrating (laughs) whatever trophy win that was at the time. But, you know, he... he, I I just can't see him coming into this game with any other kind of mentality than I want to score. Like, isn't he the record scorer in North London? He is, yeah. And I'm sure he's just going to want to, like, add to that. And also, like, he's obviously a... And I don't mean this as a criticism, but he's a selfish player. Like, he's obviously all about... Goals okay, not not necessarily because he does provide a lot of assists as well. But I, guess I know
0: what I guess you mean the,
2: he's yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. Um, and I'm sure I don't know how many goals he's off the um, the Alan Shearer's record for top Premier League goal scorer ever, but um, I think he's like within it's within reach, isn't it? I don't, I don't know, but. Like I'm sure that's if he's not going to win a trophy then <laughs> in his career then that's something that he'll probably want to uh, try and achieve and I, I just can't see you know like I think it just might be a case of you know didn't he have an injury as well at the start of the season just might be you know whatever like it's been a couple of games um just hasn't happened um but I think you know if you're going to be up for any game it's going to be going to be this one um so I, I think it's going to be um you know we should be very wear, uh, wary sorry of of Kane and and the other threats that they offer. You know the obvious ones, Son, Ali, etc. Like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be straightforward at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at that team, and Kane is Kane and Son are first, right? They lose those two; they're a they're a bottom half club, basically, Um, because the drop in quality is is huge. Mm. Um, and it's interesting isn't it
0: because well <laughs> but they've spent a lot of they've spent a lot of money on the squad haven't you? who did who did they buy like i don't <laughs> genuinely romero, like romero was signed oh, yeah, i think okay. that was a record for you know a, how much was it 50 million it's quite a lot of money yeah, yeah. um and gill sort of gill Gil chap right romero looks like he's he's now a starting center half. i think he started the last two games um gill i think you know they're trying to sort of ease him in um but you know we do. Let's not forget, like players like in Dombalay, like you know how, how much did he cost. He, he was a record, record signing, you know. Like they, yeah. they, they spent, they spent money, and um, yeah, like uh, it, it, I mean, you're right. You know, I, I thing is, I used to get wound up when people used to talk um, about Arsenal like this. You know, when we had Alexis Sanchez, when we had Van Persie, people say, "Oh, you take them out of the team," and it, you know. But that's kind of what happens when you have excellent players. Excellent players tend to be that important to your team. You know, it's not that easy to have excellent players on the bench either. Only some teams are blessed enough to to have that. Um but it is true. But I think, you know, given they, you know, given these guys are fit aside from Mora, you've probably, you know, I imagine we expect something along the lines of a Deli Alley, Harry Kane, son kind of front three. Mm-hmm. Ha- a- a- that guy's I mean, I'm sure you agree, that represents arguably, not well, arguably, that represents the biggest challenge that our new look back five <laughs> um have had to deal with.
1: I, yeah,
2: yeah. I was just going to ask. So, are you guys, you guys, are convinced that Ramsdale's starting? Yeah, hundred percent. Like no doubt on your point. Like,
1: I would. It would be really bad management, in my opinion, if he drops him after two clean sheets.
2: Because that 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 <laughs> yeah. that um yeah three isn't it yeah that three, yeah. Uh, news about three. yeah sorry yeah. that news about he promised Leno to
1: start the derby was that just I mean nonsense? that's nonsense. It was nonsense. That can't right? be true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just sounded
2: like yeah. it sounded ridiculous, but it obviously it came from somewhere. I don't know, like.
1: Well, the fact that Leno started in the League Cup as well um, kind of shows to me that he seems to be regarded as the number two now. I, th- I think there's uh, there's definitely
0: kind of, I think even a broader picture there, right? Like Because even this 4-3-3 or whatever, it, it, Arteta's always talked about Wanting to play that formation but not having the right ingredients and not having the right players. And now he's playing it. And partly you have to think that Ramsdale represents one of those ingredients with his distribution, mm-hmm. right? And and that and his assertiveness. He's a very assertive keeper, it would seem. Um we know we've talked about Leno's strengths and that he's Leno's an incredible shot stopper. Um, but you know, it feels like Ramsdale is forming kind of a key component in whatever kind of tactic Arteta's trying to play. This being said, what I found interesting um about just, just sort of, I guess, skipping on from Ramsdale slightly. Um, you know, Callum Chambers, he didn't play any part yesterday. Do you think? Like, is there any? Do you have, guys have any thoughts of any possibilities of him getting a game against Spurs?
2: No, I'd be surprised if he if he <laughs> didn't go. You, at right,
0: you mean right back, centre back? Yeah, I mean, I mean, a right, a right, a right, right, a right back, back mainly. Uh, yeah,
2: unless there's like an injury we don't know about, I'd be very, very surprised if he didn't go with the same. Uh, back five, um, as he did the last league game. Um, yeah, shortly Tommy Asu has to start, right? Like, no question. Yeah. The guy's been unbelievable since he since he came in. So yeah, that uh, yeah, there's a bit. Of, I didn't even really like realize that until you just said it about Chambers didn't play. He didn't even come on, on off the bench. No, he really. didn't. Come so up, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting. That's yeah. Hopefully, like yeah, just hopefully no. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's Tommy Asu.
1: <laughs>
0: How do you think the fans will react, though? If we, so you know, there's been a lot of hype in, in the fans at the moment about this back five, and I think a lot of the a lot of the naysayers or some pessimists or even realists to some extent are turning around and saying, "All right, come on, guys, you've only we've only played Norwich, we've only played Burnley, um, you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves." If if actually Tottenham expose, I'll just use the word "expose" for if, argument. If they if they expose this kind of back five, can you? can you see the fans getting overly concerned and reactive i mean it's not like arsenal fans to get overly
1: concerned and reactive is it <laughs> yeah i can because ultimately this was supposed to be the season where we have you know four weeks pre- i know we haven't had this week but we you know arteta gets the team on the training ground it's his team he can coach them how he wants and they're his players and they have the attributes that he's won. and we've spent a lot of money on this defense and if um, it looks a shambles, and that's a big concern, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: So, last question for me, where I think before I think we get into predictions, um, very simply, do you think any of the players that played um, yesterday against AFC Wimbledon, do you think anyone has given Arteta a selection headache?
2: No. Uh, just thinking through who played, but.
0: I mean, let's play Devil's Advocate. Um, Oba hasn't been all that great um Lacazette scored a penalty uh I know it's just a penalty yeah. but um <laughs> you know, does that do, do, do you see anything like that I'm thinking even I'm looking at sometimes some of the players who have been slightly off form I'm I was thinking even Kieran Tierney hasn't looked a hundred percent you know Tavares looked like he was on crack you know like I mean <laughs> so
2: no uh, yeah I can't see I think I mean it'll be a massive call to drop a Tierney or drop a, a Bamiang like I can't see I think he, he'll just go full strength um yeah and 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 i think the only probably for me the only question mark is what we talked about earlier in in central midfield and and i guess the the formation um does he bring jacker back or not um is probably the only yeah i think that's the only thing that i um he might change other than that i think it's going to be yeah full strength of bambiang and tini in and the rest of them
0: superb all right boys predictions um I know we, we've been okay, I think, of late. Like, I think one of us tends to have got the result right <laughs> over the last few games. Um, I remember there was a period where
1: none of us was were predicting any of the results correctly. Yeah, I went 3-0 for Wimbledon. I? I think you did, yeah, exactly. I think you went 3-0. I don't think, I don't think I've ever got a prediction right, so that's my first time. So <laughs> so we're
0: on a decent decent run of four. I mean, maybe, Aaron, we'll go to you first then. I mean, what do you think, North London W, you said
1: earlier on in the episode that you think we'll win. <laughs> Has this discussion changed your mind? No. I think we will win. I'll go 2 0.
2: What kind of win is that, Aaron?
1: Like, obviously, the scoreline's a good scoreline, but yeah. I think it will be a bit like, I, don't know saying, I didn't see yesterday, but what yesterday seemed like, which was getting a scrappy early goal and then getting a late one and nothing really, nothing else really happening.
2: Okay.
0: Okay.
1: Do you want to go, Raj? All right.
0: I'm going to be fairly controversial. So I, I think it's going to be, Six n- nil. I think it's going to be nil, nil. Okay. I'm basing that on the fact that I, I still, if we look at the goals we've scored in the Premier League, one's been from half a yard. The other was a free kick. Um, we haven't quite got it right in the, that, in the Premier League, have we even against Burnley? I mean, you know, your, mm-hmm. your, your, your analysis, who, yeah, I think you were the only one who watched it live. Aaron, and you know, talked about that kind of the attacking unit not looking cohesive um that concerns me and I think as a result of that concern, me I I think Arteta will still put controls in place in the team to make sure that we're really really defensively stable because I think he will worry a little bit um and I think that Nuno I think Nuno will worry about what losing the North London derby can do for them mentally given their results recently as well I think Nuno will come into this game and go I just can't lose this game I think that's that's his answer. So I'm going to just go for a nil-nil based on that. Okay. Would you say that's a good result for us? No, I don't think it's a good result for us. No. Because for all the reasons that we've discussed, I think, you know, again, we should be ready now. Uh, Arteta's had his time. We're at home. We are more, you know, we're, we're with, although below Tottenham, like we are forms on our side slightly, forms not on their side. It, you know, these are games where I feel like we need to assert ourselves without any excuse. Um, so I don't think it's a good result. No.
2: Okay. I'm, I'm going to go for a win. I think it will be two one. And I'm like, I'm, I was thinking about it earlier. I'm maybe cause I was still drunk from last night. I don't know, but I was, <laughs> I was super positive. I'm going into this game like really positively. And normally I don't like with North London derbies. I'm pretty cautious, but I don't know. I, maybe it's just a feeling. I'm not sure what it is, but I think the fact that like, and we didn't really talk about it in this episode, but you know, the 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 atmosphere for this game is ridiculous, like for whatever people say about um you know Arsenal's not you know the fans are not loud and and home you know the emirates is is quiet whatever um it's completely not true it's completely not true, and especially for a game like this, especially for north London derby and i think I think it could make quite a bit of a difference, considering the players haven't had that for however long it's been since before covid um and I'm trying to think. Even since we've come back to the ground, the Chelsea game was a big one. But even then, like this atmosphere will will completely destroy yeah. what, what what we had at um, Chelsea or against Chelsea. And um, I think it might wake the players up a little bit. And I think it might give them a little bit of a. You know, a little bit of a boost, a little bit of a push, whatever you want to call it.
1: An early goal would be awesome, wouldn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even we, even without an early goal, the crowd are just going to be rocking. Like the grounds going to be rocking. They're going to be well behind the team. Um, and um, I think I think it potentially could really help us. And I just feel really really positive about it. I'm really looking forward to the day. I'm really looking forward to Sunday. Like just just going. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go. I want to go two one. I think we'll. I I, I I can see Kane scoring. Like it always happens, but. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think it'll be like a tight game, but I think we can edge it. Yeah,
0: because I often think the um, it's almost. it's predicting the score is one thing; how the game will play out is another. So, do you, do you see that two-one being a case of us going down a goal and and a spirited comeback, or you know, do you? Um, see, well,
2: I hadn't really thought about if we'd go down or not. I I kind of picture it as being a very yeah, just very a, quite a tight game, so quite an even game in terms of chances um, possession um like we both teams have got their threats and despite the clean sheets i don't think both teams are great defensively um and yeah i can i can see that i can see both teams having like decent chances and it just being like a a moment um or a late goal or something that wins it um yeah but bloody hell any win will do right Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i I mean you know with the derby game absolutely absolutely um Okay, uh, guys, I think we'll leave it there. I mean, I, I think we all agree we're super excited. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm actually going to Palace Brighton on Monday as well, randomly. So it's two <laughs> two, two two big derbies. Roger taking big, uh, Monday off. You say- yeah, I've taken I've taken Monday off. Didn't tell okay. us. Yeah, no, <laughs> He's took Monday off for himself. Back, back to the Gunners pub, then is it? I, I think so, mate. I mean, <laughs> let, okay, let's be honest, guys. Even if you guys haven't got Monday off, if we win, I'm sure you guys are going to be up for having a few drinks, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We're definitely up celebrating.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like hundred percent. Yeah, and you know, as we saw last night, my's on a Wednesday night. I mean, mine's up for it till yeah. So <laughs> let's do it. Boys. On a school night, mate. It's a I'm so
2: bad. <laughs> so happy I didn't wake up with a hangover today. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I was. But it was, I was, fun. It was fun. It was fun. It was good. It was good. It was good to catch up, man. Like haven't done that in a while. So can do it again with Aaron on Sunday after we beat Thursday Ah, eh? uh, fingers crossed. And Nero should mention him
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i hope he, is he coming your
2: guess is as good as mine mate <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, think is, I think he is i think he is i think he's coming yeah yeah so
0: excellent all right um all right guys everyone thank you for joining us we really really do appreciate it and um yeah obviously we'll release an episode after the north London derby let's hope we win because they're almost always much more fun to record <laughs> yeah <laughs> always much more fun to record when we win um so yeah fingers crossed Uh, enjoy derby day wherever you're watching around the world um you know just i I, i'm sure i've never watched derby day abroad in a supporters bar anywhere but from any of the footage that i've seen around like the atmosphere is just incredible you know where um wherever people are watching it from the world so uh so yeah let's hope all of that energy like really really kind of permeates into the stadium and um and we do, as season ticket holders, do a good job of of representing the fan base globally, hopefully. Um, and yeah, spurring the team onto a win. So yeah, come on, guys, let's do this. And uh, we will, yeah, we'll talk to you later. See you later, guys. See you later. See Bye. Cheers.